When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries podcast. My name is Shakira White and I am the host here. If you are already a part of our Carefree family, that means that you have subscribed and you get notified every single time we post a new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being a part of our family. I appreciate you. If you are not subscribed, if you just happen to like stumble across the podcast, hi, hello, welcome. If you subscribe, you'll be notified every time we have a new episode, go ahead and join our Carefree family. We don't bite, I promise. Here on Carefree and Black Diaries, we talk about news, politics, music, entertainment, but most importantly, life lessons that I've learned along the way. Or sometimes we just talk about some some things that I just want to get off my chest every once in a while. And this week is going to be one of those episodes, like a fun one. I like to think of these as fun ones. Um, And I hope that you all enjoy. Let's jump into our Carefree Updates. Okay, so since this episode is going to be a fun one, I did want to mention during our Carefree Updates this week that there is a new show that I started watching. It's on HBO Max. It's titled Industry. It's named Industry, not titled. Um, The name of it is Industry. The main character is a young black woman who is named Harper. Her character's name is Harper. And basically the show, so there's one complete season out. And then they are putting out season two now. I think there are like two or three episodes out so far. So I'm all caught up. I did that yesterday. I was like trying to dive into the show. I'm not going to lie. The first episode, I was like snooze fest. Like, what is this about? But I realized the show is about like finance and like stock and trading and things like that. And honestly, that's just the language that I don't understand. Like there are some things I don't understand. Stocks, trading, anything like that. Like the quickest way for me to check out of a conversation is to start talking about that kind of stuff because I just don't understand it. It just sounds like a foreign language to me. So half the time when I'm watching the show, I have no idea what they are talking about, but I get the gist, right? So like, I highly recommend if you are interested in stocks, if you are interested in like trading, what goes on behind the scenes. And it's not like a a real life show, like it's fictionalized, but I feel like that's probably what it's like in real life to work at those desks and like at those banks and companies. I don't know. I've never worked there, but I just, it just feels very real to me when I'm watching it. So if you are looking for a new show to watch, HBO Max, the name of the show is Industry. You have to stick with it. It's one of those shows that like, you can't just watch one episode and like be done because that's what I was trying to do I was trying to watch one episode and be done with it you have to like stick it through and once you get to like mid season one you'll start to become like invested in the characters and where they're going and stuff like that I will say that Harper I have mixed feelings about Harper on the show if you watch industry you'll know what I mean I have mixed feelings about her like sometimes I just want to She just frustrates me a lot, (laughs) unlike some of the less problematic characters on the show. I don't know. All of them are kind of problematic. Anyway, if you're looking for a new show, I highly recommend Industry on HBO Max. As for our second Carefree update, um, this one is involving Herschel Walker. Now, if you are someone who has no idea who that is, I wish I were you. I wish I didn't know who he was. I, I wish... I had no idea who this man was. He, let me just read you the article, right? So it says, Herschel Walker said he opposes the new climate law on the grounds that there are already enough trees. Georgia Republican Herschel Walker said the Biden administration's sweeping new climate law represents unnecessary spending because it sets aside money to plant and protect trees. Quote, they try to fool you and make you think they are helping you out. They are not. You know that some of this money is going to trees, question mark. We got enough trees. Don't we have enough trees around here, question mark. 
Walker says Sunday in Georgia. Essentially, no, the article says the planet does not have enough trees to neutralize the impact of burning fossil fuels. While a 2015 study found the Earth has over 3 trillion trees, the number of trees here now is far less than at the beginning of human civilization and not nearly enough to offset the devastating effects of climate change, scientists say. The Inflation Reduction Act passed by Congress without a single, hold on, without a single Republican vote allocates $1.5 billion dollars over a decade to the Forest Service's Urban and Community Forestry Program, which funds tree planting in cities like Atlanta that struggle with poor air quality. As an Atlanta resident, I can second that. Essentially, in low-income areas, scientists agree that trees are beneficial, helping to reduce air pollution and temperatures. You know how sometimes you wonder if someone is really that clueless? Herschel Walker is one of those people for me. And he's not the only one. You, like, I just, I have a hard time thinking that people can really be that clueless. Like, people can really just not, I don't get it. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. So, basically, as was stated in this article, the Inflation Reduction Act passed by Congress recently. And so I, I'm i extremely happy for it. Disappointed that not one single Republican voted for it. Disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I'm disappointed. It was kind of like a given because a lot of them say that climate uh, change, global warming is a hoax. They say that it's not real. Meanwhile, our temperatures are at the highest they've been Like, this is a very real problem we are facing. And paper straws are not going to cut it. Regular citizens recycling their household products alone is not going to cut it. What we really need to do, this is a good step. This is a great step. Hopefully, they follow through with it. What also needs to happen is all of the private jets that politicians are using, that the wealthy are using, that some of our faves are using, that contributes to climate change. It impacts the climate. That's a problem. Something needs to be done about that as well. It's just, it's not on the everyday citizen alone to like, yes, I recycle. I do the best I can, but like, us alone, we can't do it. Like, there has to be major structural changes for us to be able to make an impact on this. And I was actually having a conversation with some people at work one day. I was the youngest person in the room. And I let me see. the They were, like, in their 50s. They're in their 50s. And we were talking about, like, you know, climate change and children and things like that. But what sparked the conversation was um, someone said, well a lot of younger people are deciding not to have children. And everyone looks at me and like, Shakira, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, like, that's a very real thought of mine. Like, one, well, I have a lot of things about not having children. But one of my major things is that I don't want my children to inherit what's coming because it's not going to be good. Like, I am struggling sometimes during the summer and it's only going to get hotter. It's only going to get hotter. And do I want children to like have to deal with that? There's going to be more flooding. There's droughts. Like the, not only is it going to get hotter. A lot of times we think about climate change, like, Oh, it's going to get hotter. Yes, it'll be hotter, but also there are going to be some major like weather changes You see flooding now. I think it was just flooding in D.C. a few days ago. There's going to be flooding everywhere. A lot of the coastal cities, the sea levels are going to rise. Oh, my gosh, this is turning into one of those podcasts. (laughs) I don't want it to turn into one of those. But it's just like for people to be aware. So for Herschel Walker, and I don't know if he's just really that incompetent or like really that dumb to like really 
you're like, oh, we have enough trees. And also the article made a good point where the scientists were saying that maybe we'll have another episode, a separate episode about global warming. I don't know. But where the scientists were saying a lot of lower income areas are going to suffer the most when it comes to global warming because there isn't enough greenery. There is not enough trees. We know now that greenery, trees, it helps bring temperatures down. And think about your city. Think about where you live and think about the lower income areas. There aren't many trees. And then those other neighborhoods that can afford to plant trees, they can afford to maintain greenery, um, shrubs, and things to bring the temperatures down in that neighborhood, they're going to be the ones that can survive. It's going to be hard for lower income neighborhoods. And I just, I really hate it. I hate it. And for Herschel Walker to say something dumb like that, it's not the first stupid thing he's ever said. But I mean, we can add it to the list of dumb things he said. I just hope that people don't fall uh, prey to that. I hope that people have enough sense, for lack of better terms, to um, know better than that. Anyway, okay. That's more than I wanted to talk about in the carefree updates. I just wanted to say that that was just a very dumb statement that he made. Here's a break for our sponsor, and we'll be back on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the entire seasons of Sweet Life on HBO Max or P-Valley on Stars, you may want to exit this episode right now because this entire episode is nothing but spoilers. So, if you have not seen them... You can come back later, I promise. I thought it would be fun to talk about the shows because I don't know, like, if I've ever had an episode that was dedicated to discussing a show. Although I love talking about my favorite shows. I love texting my friends while I'm watching them and asking them, did they see a certain part? But I don't think I've ever dedicated the time here (laughs) to talk about those shows. So again, if you haven't seen Sweet Life or P-Valley, Check out now. You can come back after you've watched them. Get all the tea, all of the discussion points. It'll be here, I promise. So let's start with P-Valley. Just because the finale for this show aired before the finale for Sweet Life. Um, First things first, whenever I talk to my friends about this show, about P-Valley, I'm always like raving about how relatable it is for me. So my family, both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side are from very small towns. Like, and when I say small, like people say small towns a lot, but when I say small, I mean like, you know, everybody, like there's not one person or one family in that town that you don't know, like one Walmart, (laughs) like one grocery store, kind of small. Um, And I grew up going to my dad's hometown every weekend. Every weekend we would go down there. Um, And when I tell you, it looks just like Chuck Alisa. (laughs) Like there is a particular scene. I believe it's um, the first episode of this season where we're like with LaMurda at his house. And he's like in his bathroom. And I like paused it because I was like, I've been in this bathroom, like not literally that bathroom, but I've been in that bathroom, like bathrooms that look like that growing up or like whenever I go and visit my family. And it's just like, wow, like the attention to detail, even though this is a fictional town, you know, or some people know towns that look just like this, like the houses, the cars, the people, it screams where my family is from. And that's one of the reasons I love this show because I've never really seen people um, like me and my family represented on screen like that. You know, you see like the wealthy black person or like the middle-class black person, but you don't really see like that chuckle like Southern, small town, very small town, 
lifestyle and like the relationships and dynamics. So I love it. But not only do I love P-Valley for those reasons, but I also love it for the reasons that every other person that likes this show watches, meaning the drama and the storylines. And the first thing I want to talk about is Uncle Cliff and Lil Murder. I am so happy for them like y'all. I was crying. The finale, when they did that last dance, well, not last dance. I don't know why I say last dance. When they did their dance, I was crying. When the people were like looking on at them, Uncle Clifford finally like let her guard down. And I'm like, let this man love you. This man is not trying to do anything but love you. Why won't you let him love you? And it was just aggravating me. But when LaMurda showed up at Grandmother Ernestine's party, wow. Like, wow, wow. And when they were dancing and he was like, you're not dreaming. I'm like, come on, LaMurda. And I'm so proud of him for choosing love over um, how he would be perceived by the outside world. I just loved it. I loved it. And I'm not going to lie. So when the season first started, I was like, oh, LaMurda's going to die this season. So I was trying to prepare myself mentally up. For it to come in the finale. Just because in the first episode. Remember when he had his song like. When I make it up. I, mm, I don't know, mm, but he ended up sitting in a chair. And he went on the porch. And like the rival gang drove by. And it had like that slow-mo moment. I was like oh okay. he He's not going to be with us in the next season. But he survived. He made it. So I'm just so happy that. Uncle Clifford didn't have to deal with like losing him in that sense. And that LaMurda basically didn't listen to Uncle Clifford and just chose his his feelings and his love for her over anything else. And Keyshawn definitely played a part in that when she stopped by the um the bus before the tour. She I think she influenced it a little bit because you know LaMurda and Keyshawn have that relationship with each other. So, so happy for them. Speaking of Grandmother Ernestine, I loved the, well, first of all, I love the fact that she didn't die this season because that was kind of rocky there for a little while too. Um, But I love how Grandmother Ernestine and also Uncle Clifford's mother um, impacted Uncle Clifford this season. I think that a lot of times you can love your family members so much Um, and if you've been listening for the past few episodes, you understand what I'm talking about. Like you can love them so much, but you can almost, I don't want to say, well, for lack of better terms, you can take for granted that they're not always going to be here. Like it's just a given. And for uncle Clifford to have that moment where he wasn't sure, she wasn't sure that grandmother Ernestine was going to make it or not with COVID. I think that like really brought Uncle Clifford to a point like of appreciation. Now, Uncle Clifford loves his grandmother, okay? Loves grandmother, but it's just different. Like when you have a close call like that, the appreciation grows because it's like a a wake-up call for you. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Like our time here is very limited. So I love that. And I love that they brought Uncle Clifford's mother into this season because I think she needed that. I think she needed, and I like that we saw the backstory about how Uncle Clifford became Uncle Clifford and how her mother was supportive from the beginning and like didn't take no bull from nobody about her baby. I love that. Because I think so often when we watch like TV shows, when there's something like that, usually they show the parent as being like unsupportive of the child and their decision um, and their how they want to showcase who they are as a person. So I love to see the other side of that. And I think it's very important for those kind of stories to be told. And you know, one thing that bothers me is the fact that I'll get on Twitter sometimes And I'll see people, how specific do I want to get about this? I'm not going to get too specific. I'll see people, a certain group of people, um, talking about how they don't want to see um, 
scenes with Uncle Clifford and Lil Murder on TV, things like that. And my question is always, what does that have to do with you? If seeing them on TV bothers you so much, you need to figure out what's going on with you that that bothers you. It's time to do a a check-in with self. Figure that out. Because something's something's going on there if that bothers you. Moving on, because I don't want this episode to be too long. Big Bone. So Big Bone and Diamond. So we know that Big Bone and Diamond, like they started dating during this season. First of all, because somebody made a good point when they said that everybody in the club should have been suspicious of Big Bone because she came to try out to dance. She was terrible. Then they made her a bartender. Terrible. And she was okay with the DJing. I'll give her that. But she had never DJed before. And nobody asked any kind of questions about where this girl came from. Nobody was curious about her backstory. And I did see someone say, well, it doesn't make sense that Autumn wouldn't know who Big Bone was. It actually does make sense because you can be with the person and not know everybody in that person's life. Especially when it comes to like gang affiliations and things like that. It it makes perfect sense that Autumn wouldn't know who Big Bone was. But I'll say this. I think <laughs> I think Autumn should have been the one tied up in the trunk instead of Diamond. I'll say that. I'll say that much because I mean when it all comes down to it, Montavious is dead because of Autumn. Yes. No, not even Diamond. I mean, kind of. But the root cause is Autumn. She's the root cause. And honestly, Autumn just got away with too much for me. I'm sorry. She just got away with way too much for me. I did not like the way she handled um, trying to sell the pink. I didn't trust her to begin with. But I think Uncle Clifford and Mercedes and the rest of the girls like spared her and gave her a little too much grace. Because I can see bailing the club out. But after that, like, yes, you bailed them out. But then to, like, hold hold it on the end of a string like a carrot. Like, look at what I did for you. I don't like that. (laughs) I know it's just a show, but I don't like that. And the actress that plays Autumn, um, after the season finale came out, an article was published saying that she's not coming back. She chose to leave the show after this season so we I guess we will never know what happened with her and the babies because we know that she's pregnant with twins by Andre who lost the election to Mercedes mother that's crazy um but and so I guess he'll never know that he has two kids out there either unless unless nah I was going to say, unless Autumn sends the babies back to Chuckalisa, because she says she's not coming back to the show, but I don't see her sending the babies back to Chuckalisa because she lost a child. So she would want to hold on tight to those children. So I guess, I mean, I guess Andre will never know that he has two kids out there in the world unless she like writes a letter or something. But then I don't know how that like plays out. I guess we'll see next season. Speaking of children, generational trauma is a very real thing it's a very real thing especially in the black household and I love the way they showcased it between um Mayor Wood now Mayor Woodbine is that her name Mercedes mother Mercedes and Terica which is Mercedes daughter loved it loved it loved it we always knew that Mercedes like had a great disdain for her mother, but we didn't really know where it came from. You know, you can kind of like draw conclusions. Okay, she probably had a rough childhood, blah, 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 blah. But when we saw that diner scene and how her mother was beating her in that diner, I think all of us were like, oh, okay. Okay, like the feeling is warranted. However... I was talking to one of my friends um, after the finale aired, uh, well, after she watched it, and I was telling her that I love that Mercedes' mother brought Terika to Mercedes' dance studio, right? But I was telling her, I think that her mother is one of those mothers that doesn't know how to um, 
communicate love or like I can see Mercedes mother. So like it would be Mercedes grandmother being like that to her. And then it just gets passed down through generation through generation. And we saw it come to a head with Terika and Mercedes when they had their spat about what happened with Terika. And so it's just, I love that we saw, okay, this is learned behavior. This is passed down through generations until someone makes the very conscious decision to say it ends with me. Like this stops here and going forward with future generations, it's going to be different. So like, you know that Mercedes mother loves her, but you just know that she is not capable of communicating that. And don't get me wrong. I don't think she's a good person. (laughs) I don't think she's a good person. And I also love the fact that she's a pastor because it's almost like, oh, you think all pastors are good people. And um, I hate to say it, but that's just not the case. Roulette. Now, first things first, Roulette is my girl. I love when we saw how Roulette got her name because at first we didn't know why her name was Roulette, but in the hotel when she was with Winter and the guy, we saw why Roulette's name is Roulette. I love Roulette. Do I think Roulette is going to be a problem next season? Yes, (laughs) because of her little new business that she is running through the club. Um, her and the boy that she likes, I forgot his name, but they're going to be a problem, I think, next season because, oh, I don't know. I don't know because Autumn just took that money from the club's bank account and we saw that Uncle Clifford may end up joining Big L with that business. So hold on because I just had a light bulb moment. If Uncle Clifford is deciding to go against everything that she stands for and deciding to let Big L do this thing in the club, then she may also let Roulette have her little side business, but she may skim some off the top. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see next season, though. Uh, Roulette, that's my girl. Gail Bean, I think Gail Bean is so talented. When I think about people who are next up, Gail Bean is definitely one of those people. Like, I think Gail Bean, I think... Damson Idris, Idris, and there are a few more names, but Gail Bean is definitely one of those people. She's very talented. When I saw her in Insecure, when I saw her in um, Snowfall, she's very talented. She She's going places. I know she is. And I can't wait to see where her character goes in uh, P-Valley. Now, Keyshawn, Diamond, and Derek. First of all, I want to say that Keyshawn's stepmother is a piece of work, but I know way too many women like her. I personally know so many women like her. And it it's very sad. It's very sad. And when I saw when Keyshawn went to the house to pick up the babies and that stepmother answered the door, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. And the thing is, I also feel like Keyshawn's stepsister is just as much in the wrong because you are grown. Like you were supposed to be the one watching these babies and making sure that they were there for when Keyshawn decided to leave and you didn't do that. And you hid behind your mother. Did not like that. But it makes for great television. (laughs) It does. And so we know that Keyshawn ends up going back to the house to get the babies because Derek picked them up from the stepmother's house. Um, And I saw people saying like, oh, the CPS scene wasn't realistic. And the thing about that is it wasn't meant to be. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be like, oh, this is explicitly what the lady is saying to Keyshawn. What the Child Protective Services lady was actually saying to Keyshawn was not how Keyshawn was interpreting it. So, yes, we saw the CPS lady saying, oh, you're a terrible mother and all of these bad things, but that's not what was actually coming out of her mind. It was up for us to like draw that conclusion that, oh, this is what Keyshawn is hearing. That's not what the lady was actually saying. So I hope that helps. Also, I think that for the people that felt like Keyshawn, like, oh, she should have left earlier, or if it were me, I would have done this, or I would have called such and such. And 
I understand you feeling that way, but until you are in an abusive relationship with children, you can't say what she should have done or what you would have done or anything like that. You can't. Until you are in those shoes and in those situations, very specific situations, you don't know what you would do. I only hope that Keyshawn um, gets out (laughs) next season and can actually, you know, be safe for her and her babies. But I'll say this. I wish Keyshawn called Wody from the jail instead of Diamond because, yes, Diamond would have handled it. But Wody, he would have got it done. (laughs) He would have got it done. Wody, that's the kind of friend you need in your life. Like, Wody don't ask questions. Wody will see danger before you see danger and take care of it. You will never even know that danger was coming your way because Wody's just going to get it done. I love Wody's character, and I think that everybody deserves a Wody in their life. And lastly, as much as I can't stand those brothers, like, you know, it's like the, uh, I think it's like the two brothers, and then there's like the one who's mixed. As much as I cannot stand them, I was rooting for them when they got Autumn. When I finally saw that Autumn wasn't getting that money from the lady for the casino, I almost fell off my couch because I was so happy. Like, Autumn just went about things the wrong way. Like, Autumn is just so money hungry. And it's like, I get it, but not at the expense of others. And not when Uncle Clifford has told you how important this club is to her. And you just decide to throw all of that to the wind because you want to line your pockets and you feel like money is going to bring you happiness. And it's not, baby. Well, I guess she's happy now. She's like not there anymore and she like ran off with the club's cash so I guess she is happy I don't know I guess we'll never know the world may never know but yes I was just very happy with how uh that happened because I'm usually never rooting for those brothers but in that case I was so I'm looking forward to the next season um I think that roulette is going to definitely uh get up there with you know, she's, she's going to make some stuff shake next season. And I'm very excited to see. Um, I'm very excited to see Grandmother Ernestine again because I love seeing uh, Loretta Devine on camera. She's just, I love her. I love her. She's just so good. Um, and I can't wait to see the rest of the gang. I do think Diamond is going to end up being okay. Um, I think Big Bone is some kind of way because she likes Diamond, right? She's jealous of what was happening with Keyshawn and Diamond, but I think in her heart of hearts, some kind of way she's going to end up helping him, even though she is the reason that he's in the trunk. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's just my little prediction into the next season. Now let's get into Sweet Life. Sweet Life is a reality TV show by Issa Rae on HBO Max. The second season came out. I'm waiting on the reunion show to come out. The reunion show hasn't come out yet. So my opinions and things may change after I've seen the reunion show. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, people. So let's just jump right into it. Um, This follows a group of 20-somethings in their life in Los Angeles, right? Um, We see their relationships with each other. We see their romantic relationships. We see their business ventures, and just like how they handle life as 20-somethings living in LA. And some of y'all are not going to like what I'm about to say, and that's okay. It's okay for you to not like everything that I say. That's fine, because we're still our own little carefree family. But they were absolutely correct when they said that Tylan's friends don't hold her accountable. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you jump down my throat, because I know some people are like, now Shakira, hold, hear me out. If you go back and watch season one, Tylen, so we know that this show kind of um, surrounds Tylen because she is the thing connecting these different people to each other. We saw that in season one. Tylen is not always right in her feelings about things. And Thailand uh, sometimes has a way of saying things 
that can be very hurtful. And I can see why people would be bothered by what she says. Now, having a good friend is someone who will be able to hold you accountable and also tell you when you are wrong in a situation. Do I think that all of Thailand's friends tell her when she's wrong? No. Do I think that it should be a constant conversation between other people about Thailand's friends not holding her accountable? No. Also, I don't. <laughs> like, you know, we got to meet in the middle somewhere. I think that if anybody was going to say something to Thailand and her be able to receive it, it would have to be Amanda, just because I think that she's closest to her on the show, but I don't think Amanda knows how to do it. I'm sorry. I don't think she knows how to do it. She tried to when she had the conversation with her in the restaurant, but she was only having that conversation because her boyfriend was mad at Thailand. You can't like have the conversation when you feel like you're stuck between your boyfriend and your best friend. You have to be objective in it. And like, if I see my friend is wrong in a situation, I should be able to just tell my friend, hey, that wasn't cool. Or hey, like, you should look at it this way or approach things differently. Like everything that Thailand says does not have to be the end all be all. And sometimes I feel like they treat what Thailand says as the end all be all. Now, also, I know this is a reality TV show and it can be very fictionalized as well. And this could very much so not be their dynamic as friends. But this is just for entertainment purposes only. OK, this is the whole reason for this conversation, just based on the show alone. Um, yeah, I think that they can do a better job at holding Thailand accountable. And that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave y'all girl alone because I know that's y'all girl. I like Thailand, but I'll leave it alone after that. That's all I wanted to say. That's it. That's it. That's it. I promise. While we're on the subject of friendships, Becky and Brie. So I saw a tweet. I won't say who it was by. It's one of my friends from college. And they said that, um, they've seen a lot of friendships like Becky and Breeze, where the basis of the friendship is being two pretty girls who have being pretty in common. And I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I hate that I don't disagree, but I don't disagree. Um, I think that a lot of Becky and Bree's relationship is based on outward appearance and aesthetic. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. And I didn't feel that way at first. I started feeling that way after the conversation with Becky, Bree, and Amanda in the kitchen. When Bree gets there and Becky starts talking to her about... um it was something like dimming her light or something like that. Like Brie feels like Becky dims her light. And then Brie said something that was along the lines of like, um, I don't know. It was weird. You have to like go back to that particular scene. And I was like, oh, oh, you like to be the leader of the group. <laughs> And there has been this conversation on Twitter for like the past two weeks about because someone made a joke about how women only want the leader of the male friend group. But that's what it was giving when Bree was having that conversation. I was like, oh, it's giving you want to be the leader of the friend group. And there's nothing wrong with that if you find a group of friends that is like, OK, with that, I guess, I guess. But I just thought it was weird, that conversation, and I was just, I don't like, um, it was rubbing me the wrong way, especially in the last episode when Bree and Pateri had their little tiff. Oh my gosh, we'll, we'll talk about that next. We'll circle back. Um, when they had their little tiff and Becky was talking to PJ at the bar and Bree was crying and she was like, why wasn't she over here comforting me or something like that? And I was just like, girl, okay, get a grip. <laughs> First of all, like you just told this girl, basically you didn't want to be around her. But then when you feel like you need the attention, you want her to put aside everything that you told her just to come and comfort you. Like, nah, 
That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. And it's also like it wasn't Becky's fault that Brie doesn't know what she wants in a relationship. We've watched Brie for an entire season, season one, talking about how she wants a relationship, how she wants to be with someone, how she wants someone that's all about her and only her. She gets it in Pateri, and then she shies away from it. And I'm just confused because she was like, oh, first of all, I started getting confused in when they were in Mexico. And she started crying while she's having a conversation with this man. And I'm like, okay, because I'm an emotional person too. So I get it. But like, I almost feel like they were weaponized tears. <laughs> I'm so sorry because I know a lot of y'all love Brie, but I don't know. I just felt like the tears were very weaponized. And I also kind of understood what Thailand had said earlier that like Brie can be emotionally manipulative. I started seeing it in Mexico because I'm like, okay, he's trying to have a conversation with you and ask you what's wrong. And you're crying and you're not saying what's wrong. Like, come on. And then we saw it again in the kitchen. When Becky is trying to address an issue with her, she starts crying again. Once, what is that saying? Like, once is something, two times is a pattern. Like, mm, I'm not saying, you know, but come on, like, let's read between the lines. And so then she says that the man is not making any effort. It's not enough effort for her. He's not applying enough pressure. The man flew from New York City to Mexico to be with you. What's wrong now? Like, he's actually with you and you are crying and saying that it's not enough. And then they're at the basketball game and she's telling the girls like, oh, he only called me two times in a week. Like, he's not calling me. He only called me two times. And my question was, did you call him? How many times did you call him? Not once did she say, I called him this many times, or even I called him one time. She never said she called this man. She only said that he called her twice in a week. And that was it. But that energy should be reciprocated. I can understand why he only called you twice in a week if you aren't calling him either. Like, the math is not mathing. It just sounded to me that like Brie wants someone to beg her for a relationship or like beg to be with her or like worship the ground that she walks on. And it may be hard for her to find that in a man. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know, girl. I'm just saying as an outsider looking in. And then also she was saying like, oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. And then later that day, the man shows up to the, oh my god this was so funny he shows up to the event right the party the after party and he has like flowers which I thought was very cute I thought it was a very cute gesture he has flowers and he has two plane tickets because she was saying like oh we live on different sides and long distance blah 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 blah, blah child all the excuses and then he shows up with a solution to the problem and she gets mad again. She starts crying again. And then Thailand and Amanda come over and they're like talking to her about it. And Thailand was like, yeah, I just feel like it's very performative. And Brie was like, what's the word? What did you say? And Thailand was like performative. So then when Brie starts talking to Pateri again, she's like, yeah, I just feel like it's very performative. And I'm like, girl, girl, you're using that word because Thailand just gave you that word to use. Like, come on now. She was like, I just felt like you should have showed up to my house. And then he was like, I can't just show up to your house uninvited. And she's like, but you showed up here uninvited. But I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like it's different showing up to a party uninvited as opposed to showing up at someone's doorstep uninvited. I would much rather you show up. Well, actually, hold on. Hold on. Because I don't want anybody just showing up out of the woodwork. Let me just say that right now. But in her case, I would much rather you show up to this party than show up to my doorstep uninvited. I don't know. 
like I said, the math is just not mathing. And I don't think that Brie knows what she wants. I think that Brie needs to just be single for a while and figure herself out and figure out what she has going on and what she actually wants before she brings somebody into that. Because, mm-mm. But Terry didn't deserve that. Becky and PJ, I don't want to talk about them long because I just feel like Becky made the wrong choice. I would have left PJ in the dust <laughs> last season, in season one. I think they all should have been done with PJ season one. Um, but I guess they're back together, child. I guess we'll see where that goes. Miami, 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 Miami. I love Miami. Um, I do. I know people don't care for her that much. But I like Miami, and I actually feel bad for her a lot of times because Miami just comes on these trips because she wants to have a good time. She wants to socialize. She wants to just hang out. And she can never just come and have a good time. Whenever she ends up on a trip, there's always drama. And I'm just like, girl, go find another friend group of like-minded individuals who want to have a good time with you as well. I do feel like they did her dirty with the rooms in New York. First of all, first of all, because... In New York, Thailand and Miami were supposed to pick their rooms first, but we saw Thailand go and write Bree's name on that room. Thailand was 100% in the wrong in that case. I know that's y'all girl. I'm sorry, but she was 100% in the wrong. Like, no. Then, you know, Miami took it like a trooper. She was like, okay, that's fine. But then it happened again in Mexico when she got the bunk beds. And Amanda, I'm side-eyeing you for that. Like, I'm, I'm looking at you, girl, because I just felt like it was wrong. They always give her the messed up living conditions. And it's just like, what did she do to y'all? She didn't do anything to y'all. My girl just wants to come and have a good time, kick it, eat, have some drinks, and go home. That's it. Rob and Amanda... Um, I'll just say this. I'm all for chasing one's dream. I'm all for going for the gold. I do hope Rob kept his day job. All right, next. Thailand and Jalen. Um, okay. So this season we see Jalen keep harping on the fact that he wants a baby, he wants a baby, he wants a baby. Thailand wants to be married. They go to um, first, before they go to counseling, we have this scene where Jalen is with his siblings and his father in the backyard, and we figure out why he wants a kid so badly. His father has some health issues, and he wants his child to know their grandfather, but you aren't having a baby by yourself. When we ended up in that counseling session, and we got the full story as to why Thailand is so apprehensive with Jalen, I don't blame her. And I think she's very smart in going by her own timeline. What I can't seem to understand, and it's kind of like happening with Thailand and Jalen and also Candace and Kaylin. Kaylin also wants a baby. And Candace wants to be married. But Kaylin and Jalen are very much so against marriage. And I just cannot understand why. For the life of me, I don't understand being so against marriage, but being so pro, I want a baby. Kaylin, especially when Kaylin and Candace are having this conversation about like, working on better communication, they need to work on this, they need to work on that. But you want a baby? <laughs> like, you put in the, the carriage before the horse. <laughs> it's not making sense. If you need to work on all of these things first, why are you so pro-baby right now? Like, work on the issues that you all have and then have that discussion. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand. Same thing with Jalen. You're pressing Thailand about having your child when she almost had your child before and you weren't there. Make it make sense. 
And then he had the nerve, the audacity to sit in the counseling session. And he's like, yeah, I had my friends and my family. They were like, uh, are you sure it's your baby? Like, and I'm just, I remember watching the show like, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. But you want her to have a kid now? And she was just like, you know, I had to go through all of that alone. He wasn't answering the phone. First of all, I don't know how she, I mean, better than me. She better than me. Um, I don't know how she ended up back with him. I guess love is a very strange thing. Um, but she, they ended up back together. Me, I would have been done. But, you know, it's just like, how can you be pressing her about having a baby when you just forced her to go through this very traumatic experience alone? Again, it's not mapping. It's not making sense to me. So, wish them all the best. I mean, it makes for great television. Not going to lie. Great television. But it also opened that conversation about, like, why are these men so against marriage? I don't, I don't know if it's, like, a fear of commitment in that sense. But also, like, a baby is a commitment. But then it makes you think, like, when it comes to, unfortunately, when it comes, there's, like, this old saying like mama's baby, daddy, maybe, which basically a lot of people use it in the sense that like when a woman has a kid, now we know that there are outliers and exceptions, right? But mostly for the most part, when a woman has a kid, like that's your baby. You are responsible for that baby. Now, fathers have the choice to decide like whether they want to be active or just how active they want to be in that baby's life. Um, as a mother, you have no choice. And so it's like, you don't want to make the commitment to marry these women, but you want to have a baby. So it's like, is it really commitment that you're afraid of? Because having a kid with someone is also a commitment. But I don't know. I don't know. It makes for a good, a good uh, discussion point, though. All right, that's all I have for this episode, The Sweet Life of P Valley. I hope that you all enjoyed this. I just wanted to like talk about those two shows just because I know a lot of us watch it and I love talking about TV. If you all like this, let me know. And then maybe every once in a while when a few of my favorite shows finish, we can just have like an entire episode dedicated to discussing what went down in those seasons. Let me know if you like this. And then I'll make more. But if I don't hear from y'all, I won't. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to stay black and carefree. I'll see you guys next week in the new episode. Bye, guys. <laughs>